you saw the very best players the entire country has to offer, and you saw it throughout the course of the weekend. He's growing, he's improving at such a rapid rate. He, he's going to be a very good player. This guy's a cross between Sean Marion and Lamar Odom. He's a six foot eight lefty, a high level athlete, but also got a little bit of point forward skills in him as he can handle and pass the ball extremely well. At this point, they are simply the standard by which everyone else is judged in prep school basketball. He's considering the likes of Michigan, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas. Welcome back to the Upside Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finkelstein, and we are happy to be back after a brief break for the NCAA tournament. And our latest guest is new Minnesota head coach, Ben Johnson, who we are delighted to have with us. Uh, obviously, uh, Coach Johnson, this is an exciting time for you coming home where you where you uh, played growing up, where you played your college ball. You were previously an assistant there, and now you are the head coach uh, at Minnesota. So it's it's got to be a, a whirlwind of emotions for you and your, your friends and family to be able to come back home. Yeah, Adam, no, I appreciate you having me on. And, and it definitely has, um, you know, to kind of be the definition of coming full circle uh, from a kid that, you know, grew up 15 minutes from campus, followed it uh, as a youth, going to De La Salle High School, which is five minutes from campus, uh, being recruited and Ended up, you know, coming back and being here as a player and then as assistant and now as a head coach. Uh, you know, for me, it doesn't get any better than this. Now, I, I've got to ask because when the rumor mill, you know how the rumor mill works and usually it's BS. But like when people were talking about the candidates for the Minnesota job, we, we didn't, you know, your name wasn't one of the ones being reported until you were the head coach. So was this something that snuck up on you or was there momentum behind the scenes? Was this something you were you were really hoping to be a candidate for? And, and it just or, or did it did it happen pretty quickly? Yeah, no, I mean, it happened quickly. But, um, you know, I was always a candidate for the job. And there you go. I, I think um, for me, you know, this will be my 17th year. Um, I always want to be the guy that like is kind of that under the radar. You know, mm. uh, and I think with jobs like this, um, you know, sometimes it, 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 it's, it helps to be that guy, to not, you know, be the guy that your name is out there. Because at the same time, when it's out there, it's good and bad. You know, people can also pick you apart and put reasons why or put doubt in why you shouldn't be that coach. So for me, yeah. it was very strategic. I didn't, I didn't want my name out there. Um, right. I, I was involved from the start, uh, which is all I needed to know. Um, and thankfully, you know, I actually had a relationship with Mark Coyle. Um, that, that dated back even to when I was a player. Uh, when mm. I was a player here, he was assistant AD. Um, not that we, you know, related or, or communicated all the time, but at least, you know, I knew him, he knew me. Um, right. He knew how I've conducted and handled myself from my college days and, oh, you know, hopefully the reputation that I built. And then when I came an assistant here for five years, he was the AD. And so I got a chance to really get to know him and his staff then. And, and I always kind of stayed in touch a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm just thankful he gave me the opportunity, A, to interview um, and, and then, you know, to, to be able to be presented with this position and this job. You know, I definitely don't take it lightly. So I, I'm very appreciative of it. Um, and, uh, and uh, like I said, hope to continue to hit this ground running and, and be able to, to leave my mark here. So when you went in for that interview, I, I read that you had your Minnesota polo shirt on. So you didn't recycle the gear three years ago when you when you left the staff. You know, usually usually somebody leaves the, uh, you know, their position and they give away their old gear. You kept yours, apparently. Yeah. And uh, but what was the big what was the pitch when you get in that interview? What was your vision for the program? 
Yeah. No, it was a, it was a, first of all, just to go back, it was a crazy story. So uh, I only own two pairs of, of, of Minnesota gear to this day. And, and they're both were with me in Cincinnati. One is like a gray workout shirt and the other one was a quarter zip. And um, I'd already kind of gone through the process and it was a Saturday morning and I was going to work out. And for whatever reason, out of all the gear I had, I put on the Minnesota uh, T-shirt. So I'm in my car going to work out and I get a call from the assistant AD that basically said, hey, we need you on a flight this afternoon to interview. Oh, what's quick here on campus. And so and I had talked to them previously before that. But like, yeah, it was all of a sudden Saturday morning at 1030 Eastern time. She's asking if I can get out of flight at one o'clock. And so I'm, I flip my car around and I'm, I'm throwing stuff in a bag. But to me, that was just kind of a sign. Like I maybe I read into it too much, but I'm like, of, of all the shirts that I right. could have worn, you know, what would make me wear that when I'm still an employee at Xavier and I have all this other Nike gear. Um, and then, yeah, no, you're right. I, the only other piece I have is a quarter zip that I ended up putting in the bag and wearing for the president and the search committee on the day I interviewed. Um, but uh, you know, that piece was, was, was pretty cool, but it just, you know, plays into kind of timing and, you know, I, I kind of try to play that up of that, how I knew it was right was all these little signs. Um, right. but you know, my, my vantage point to him and to them was, um, you know, one, they knew me, uh, I think, you know, tried to build that, that like, you know, a, you know, how I conduct myself as a person. Cause I know that's important. Um, you know, you know, you see my body of work as an assistant coach and the type of student athletes that I've recruited. Uh, at this level and develop that's both in state and out of state. Um, you've seen my reputation within the state, whether it's parents, families, high school coaches, AAU coaches, um, you know, you know where I stand with those people. Um, and then I think at the end of the day, somebody that viewed this as a dream type job. Um, yeah. and, and I could easily sell that, that like, I want to be Minnesota basketball, um, you know, that that I'm going to be fully invested more than probably any other person that they're going to talk to uh, because of all my different relationship and ties to the state and to the university. Um, and I think, you know, to, to have a guy that's going to be fully two feet in um, in the fight. I mean, I want everybody to win, not just our program. I want, you know, volleyball to continue to be good and football to continue to be good and women's basketball to continue to be good. Um, and I think, they saw that energy and that passion um, and they were able to, to relate to it. And, and like I said, I think they, they, they've seen my body of work. They know that, um, you know, things I've done recruiting wise, player development wise has translated. And, um, you know, and I think I was able to just kind of you know, sell those points hard and, and hit it home with them. Given everything that the country, the world has gone through in the last year, but specifically the state of Minnesota, uh, with the pandemic, with George Floyd, with the social unrest, how uh, it makes the challenge of this job that much more significant. Is that is that a fair thing to say, especially at this time? That's fair. And, and, and it's something that and even in the interview process, I did not want to shy away from. Um, mm -hmm. It was something that I wanted to kind of um, carry that responsibility and that burden to a certain level. Like I have no issue uh, being a minority head coach in the state of Minnesota, in the city of Minneapolis at this time or any other time. And, and I think I can help use my platform to hopefully uh, bridge a gap if there is a gap and, and, and unite uh, where, where we need to be united more. Um, and to hope hopefully within our state and within, you know, the Twin Cities build, uh, you know, that camaraderie back and, and everybody hopefully get on the same page a little bit more. 
Um, so I didn't shy away from it. Um, I view it as a positive. Um, you know, I, I also think, and I tell parents of this all the time, if, if we think that Minneapolis is the only place in the, mm. in the in the country or even in the world now, as you look at what's going on, where, where there's um, social injustice, then I think I think we're kidding ourselves. I think, you know, we're unfortunate where, you know, we're, we're the we're the chosen area right now due to, to due to the circumstance, which is obviously very unfortunate to be in. But, you know, I think this is an ongoing issue throughout our country and our world. And I think, you know, even if it's not technically happening in your area right now, um, we can still help and try to work to grow to be better people. Um, you know, because, like I said, I think it's a it's a human rights issue. You know, it's it's, it's and right now it, it happens to be in Minneapolis, um, you know, a, a, a black community issue. But I think at the end of the day, it is a human rights issue. I don't care uh, where you at or what re, re, race, religion, sexual orientation. Um, you know, people are people. And I think it's, it's our job and my job to help kind of connect those dots and continue the talk and to to try and build and grow with the guys on my team and, and, and make sure that we're we're developing, we're having those talks of, of creating that piece. Hmm. So there's a leadership role within the community that you've returned to, but there's, I, w- I would guess that there's also, and I don't know exactly how to word it, but I, I would guess that the, y- the fact that you grew up there allows you to talk to parents and recruits who are thinking about coming there uh, it gives you that that context um, to be able to have those conversations because I know you want to recruit and keep kids at home, but the reality is your whole team's not going to be from Minnesota, of course not. So you've got to be able to appeal to kids and families that that want to come to that area. So does your background, having grown up in that area, allow you the the credibility to talk about the the city, the state beyond just the university um, with more authenticity because of your direct experiences? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. You know, and obviously, if you want to add on the fact that I'm you know, I'm a black coach. Right. So, you know, I told my players, not only uh, do I support them, but but I am them. Mm. You know? and, and I've been them my entire life. And so you know, I've experienced uh, whether it's in Minnesota or other states, you know, social injustice. Mm. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough, obviously, now to be. Um, you know, at a at a at a stage where you know, hopefully, I can I can talk about it and, and help make change um, mm. because of my title. But no, I think I think all that's real. I, I don't shy away from who I am or what I've been through. Um, I want to tell my story, just like you know, everybody should should want to tell theirs. And and I take you know pride in 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 where I grew up, how I grew up, and and who I became, and, and who I am. And so I think you know, whenever you can you can talk from kind of a firsthand experience uh, with mm. anything, it, it adds to the story, it adds to the narrative. And so that's what I'll continue to do. I'll, I'll talk about, you know, growing up here and my experiences and, and what I went through. And I, and I can also talk about just being in the world right now, what it's like to be uh, a black coach or a black mm. man um, coming up that, you know, in, in, in the year 21. You know, I think there's some parallels to you coming home to uh, Conzo Martin when he went back to to Mizzou when he did. He was on this podcast a few months ago and had a very similar conversation. Um, you know, at the time he was leaving Cal Berkeley. But I think the fact that you chose and want to come home and take so much pride in coming home, you said it was your dream job, really speaks to not just the university, but, but you know, your belief in, in the, the community itself. 
Definitely. You know, um, you know, I think when you're the head coach anywhere, but especially at, at the University of Minnesota, in my opinion, um, you, you carry many hats. And, you know, I want to be able to win games. I know that at the end of the day, I'll be judged by wins and losses. I totally get that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I want to be able to impact. Um, mm -hmm. I want to be able to impact my players. I want to be able to impact, you know, my community. Um, I will hopefully want to maybe impact the state if I can or, or be able to help make change wherever I can. It's not just about, you know, the X's and O's 24-7. You know, there's going to be enough time where I get to worry about making sure we're recruiting the right way, making sure we're, we're X and O, we're player developing, we're winning, we're building a product because, trust me, you know, that, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to win games and, and help this program move. Um, but at the same time, it's how do you do that? You know, how how are we winning games? What type of kids do we have in our in our locker room? What are we teaching them? How are we developing them off the floor? And then what can we do in our community to give back? Because now it's like I, I've been very fortunate enough to, to be where I am and I'm not where I am by myself. You know, I had a lot of help along the way. And so now I think when you're in a position like I am, it's always you always look to how can I pay it forward? How can I give back? How can I help the next person? reach their goals and their dreams like I have and, and put people in position to be successful because, you know, everybody needs somebody to, to help them and, and to get where, where they want to go. And so I don't, I try not to lose sight of that. And, and so I, again, I, I do look at, at my position as, as wanting to help in, in other ways, just not just uh, winning games on the basketball court. You mentioned uh, before, uh, and we, we've talked about it, your, your roots in the area. It seems like a big selling point, at least in terms of the external narrative, is uh, the belief that you will be able to keep players close to home. Obviously, the state of Minnesota has has produced some some really talented guys in the last few years. Um, some have come, come to Minnesota, others others haven't. And without looking back on those. What is what is the message to the local community, the local high school coaches, grassroots coaches, the local families and players? How do you you know, if, if I'm in that interview and I'm, I'm saying, OK, coach, how are we going to keep the next Jalen Suggs in town or the next Chet Holmgren or the next Matt Hurd or whoever it is? Again, not retroactively. How would you have handled that? But the next one, what what is what is the plan or what is the message in that case? Uh, that's a great question because, you know, it's it's the million dollar question. You know, I think we have to be authentic first off. Um, we have to speak truth in everything we do. we got to be relatable. Um, but I think we have to put ourselves in position as a program to, to go into a room and say, you don't need to leave the state, the city to live out every dream that you have on the floor and off the floor. We got to make it to a point where if you want to be an all league player, you can do it at Minnesota. If you mm -hmm. want to be an NBA draft pick, you can do it at Minnesota. If you want to be a first round lottery draft pick, you can do it at Minnesota. You want a big 10 title. We can do it here. You want to play in a final four. We're going to do it here. Once you make all that stuff more tangible and more of a reality, uh, and you've shown through development, through growth, through wins, through production, that it's, it's feasible here. Then I think you got an argument. Um, cause I get it, you know, like I'm not coach K I'm not coach Cal. Um, but in order to get there, uh, we obviously do need those type of players and we're going to recruit those type of players. And so early, it's going to take a little bit of leap of faith. It's going to take somebody that that has that um, that that belief in themselves, that belief in their staff, that the, that this is the place. And then once you get that initial buy in, then it's our job to build on that and to, and to have tangible proof that, you know, 
we've done it here and we're doing it here just like those guys do that Kansas, Duke, North Carolina. And then I think once you make it um, as close to them as you can, uh, then I think you're, you're, you're in a fair fight. And, mm-hmm. and that's our goal is, is that we want to be in a position where every kid's dreams and goals can, can realistically be done here uh, in state and they don't need to leave and go elsewhere to do it. Well, we're, we're sharing a screen, not a living room, but if I was across a coffee table from you right now, I'd be ready to commit. So that's, uh, the, uh, you know, I want to uh, turn the page a little bit, ask you about, you know, roughly your first 30 days in the job. I'm sure it's been a whirlwind. Everybody, everybody's got a plan until they get there. You know, it's easy, easy for everybody to say, okay, you got to do this in the first 30 days. You got to do that. But I'm sure there's, there's more than anyone who hasn't been in those shoes could ever imagine just being thrown at you that you have to, to react to. So given that, what were what were the top priorities? I'm sure connecting connecting with the players and, and, and roster management for everybody, new coach or not, is is crucial right now. Uh, but but that and and then you know maybe one or two other things that, that you really thought in the first 30 days were were most important for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, everybody's gonna say uh, players because that that is the first sure. thing um, so that kind of goes without saying outside of that obvious for me, it was staff. Mm-hmm. I think you learn very quickly. Um, and we all have that list. Um, how quickly can you get those feet on the ground? Because when you're a one man show, which I was for about two and a half weeks, that's when you get buried. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when it's like you feel like you are swimming upstream every single day until you kind of get those those soldiers on ground, so to speak. So for me, it was being able to finalize staff as quickly as possible and get help here as quickly as possible so you can you can deflect some responsibilities. Uh, and then it, it puts you at ease. Like, you know, when you're walking around this place solo um, and you're trying to figure it all out, there is there can be much more anxiety because you don't have anybody to conversate or bounce back ideas or, or just yeah. help you navigate and help you do some of the grunt work. Um, you you kind of bear it all. And so those make for some long days, but you know, I didn't really feel good, good until the minute I had help here. And, and that was huge for me. And then once you get that, you, you, you go back to the plan that you have um, and you're able to implement that plan and, and be able to take steps every day to, to get a little bit better and get a little bit more of a routine. Um, but, but I would say without a doubt, you know, trying to find, um, you know, get that staff on board with you as quickly as possible was number one for me. And now I've read that you wanted guys who uh, who were about had the same priorities and about the right things like you were when building your staff. But I'm always curious about the kind of the the uh, strategy that goes into building a staff. Did you have certain things pinpointed, whether it was geographic regions from recruiting or skill sets on the floor? Were there certain dynamics that you wanted to counterbalance or was it just about finding the, the three best people regardless of those of, of the fit together? No, there was definitely some strategy involved. Like I knew that I wanted to have a guy that had, you know, some Minnesota ties and Minnesota roots. Uh, I didn't want to have to bear all of it myself um, mm. or teach somebody kind of, hey, mm-hmm. here are the people, here's the movers and the shakers, here's the kids. Right, right. The kids. Um, so that was that was huge for me in state by far. I uh, was able to hit a home run with that with my former high school coach. Um, and then, you know, I definitely wanted to have um, guys that that knew me. And at least knew my personality, because I think if you know somebody, you know, their personality, what they like, it's a lot easier for them to assist me in recruit Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that is also huge. I think 
Um, you know, recruiting is obviously so important, but you want to be able to hit the ground running right away and, and do it with the with the right kids. You know, I didn't want to. Uh, it would have been a lot harder. Uh, not that I wouldn't have, but to bring in guys that necessarily didn't know me. So then I'm trying to teach them. All right. Hey, here's the type of players that, that fit for me or here's the type of players that work for me. And, you know, not this type of this type, but to be able to get guys that know uh, me. Um, I was able to hire Jason Kemp, who was huge for me because he's a Midwest guy. He knows our league. I've known him for over 10 years and he's actually worked for guys that I've worked for. Um, so I kind of know how he's been brought up. I know how he thinks the game. I know how he recruits the game. He knows my personality, what I can deal with, what I don't want to deal with and what fits me. So that was huge. And then lastly, um, I wanted a guy out of region. And that mm. was really important to me because I knew, you know, Minnesota, there's going to be a time when we're not going to be able to get a kid or maybe we don't find the right guys in the state. It's really hard to battle every Big Ten school in the yeah. Midwest. It's like we had to have a niche outside that was different. And I wanted yep. something that was completely different that we could go in an area that I didn't have or my other two guys. And, and that's where I was able to find, you know, Marcus Jenkins, who kind of checks that box for sure. Uh, you know, Bennett Richmond, been associate head coach, uh, got great respect for Chris Mooney. But, you know, he has a different niche um, and he's done it nationally. And so that'll be big. So that was definitely uh, strategic uh, for us here. You, you mentioned the, and this is my, this is going to be my last basketball related question. You mentioned the guys you worked for in terms of, I always find it interesting when you go into that first workout with your team. And obviously in a year like this with so much, uh, not just at, at, at your university, but at everybody's university, you don't know who's staying and who's going and you're just kind of working out who's there that day. But are you, and I've talked to friends about this who've just gotten, gotten jobs. Are you putting in your system from day one, or is it more like exploring, you know, exploring what you got first? Yeah, no, honestly, it, it, that's, that's a really good question because it's both for me. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of see what I had and, and we only had, we only had two guys here. So we had, we had injuries and we had guys who weren't on the roster. So legitimately uh, we had two guys and one of them was coming off of surgery. So we really had one. So we got the true definition of that individual workout. Uh, for about two weeks. But, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to see what he couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do, uh, what his strengths were, what he, what he could probably improve on. So threw a lot at him. But then at the same time, I wanted to do some stuff within our offense so that he could get a feel of who I was and he could mm -hmm. get a feel of like, okay, here's how we're going to play and, right. get, and get that buy-in early. Like, okay, this is going to be a fun style or, okay, I understand what coach means. Now I have a better feel for the offense I have a better feel for how he wants to play because I do think that's important. I think these guys, with, with, there's so many unknowns when it comes to a new situation, a new coach. I think the more you can start, you know, checking the box for them on, all right, here's some, here's some, here's a, what we're going to do. Here's a, what a day-to-day -day looks like. Here's my personality off the floor. Here's my personality on the floor and get that buy-in and get them feeling comfortable. Cause you got to think I was still recruiting them. Like it wasn't a layup that he yeah, was going to be here. And so yeah. I kind of had to show him, hey, here's why you fit. Um, here's the things we can do to help your game. Um, here's your strengths. Here's what I, I value. Um, but but show them uh, that through our offense and through how we're going to play, I think was really big for me. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Now, my last question, and I, I admittedly, just to preface this, I geek out a little bit at the end of the, the interviews. I, I, I like to ask uh, – about books or podcasts or movies or TV shows from the standpoint of, and I can't imagine as a, as a head coach, but everybody's got to turn basketball off at some point. 
And if you're if you're a growth mind if you're in a growth mindset and you're trying to expand your 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 whatever your philosophies your your mindset, uh, just trying to tap into people and see what they they do because obviously uh, someone like yourself, very high achiever, and just curious to tap into the daily routines and the things that you go to for uh, for knowledge for inspiration. So you know the the question in and of itself is is favorite book book you would recommend but there's you're you're free to take an audible if there's a, a podcast a documentary even a a piece of fiction uh that 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 you would cite as a better example yeah no yeah I, i'll touch on the book the one thing that's interesting so i'm um um i'm a uh i love amazon prime netflix mm-hmm. all of that um i got into amazon prime has a show uh, all or nothing where mm, it's kind of like um, it's a behind the scenes look at different uh, athletic teams. So they've done like five NFL teams where they basically spend the whole season. Uh, it's all access. But the one I really got into um, was a soccer one, um, mm. which which was the all or nothing. And, 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 and the soccer coach was just so intriguing to me, just kind of how he taught the game from a, it's a, mm. it's a, it's a head coach's point of view, from obviously from a different sport, um, yeah. and, 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 and one that like, I thought was fascinating. So, um, you know, I've, I've looked into, into, you know, I crushed that series and looked into more. Um, uh, so I think anything that that's like an all access from a coaching's point of view, like hard knocks, I love those live. Right. For those. Um, I'm all about, um, you know, podcasts. I'm all, I'm all over the place. Honestly, with podcasts, it's only in my car or at home. So I kind of want to zone out, but, yeah, uh, yeah. One of them I like is road tripping. I don't yeah. know if you've heard that one. Uh, I've heard of it. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't checked it out personally, but I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye do a, do a pretty good job. Uh, more comedy relief than anything. Yeah. Uh, JJ Reddick's got a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. I think his is pretty good. Uh, he's got some good guests on that. Um, as far as books, uh, you know what I'm trying to, re- I'm finishing a promised land right now. Uh, the Obama book. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's on I think, the shelf, on the shelf behind it. Yeah. No, that's a that's a big read. Um, I'll I'll have to tackle that hopefully pretty soon. Um, I, biographies, I'm big on that. Uh, mm. it, it can be from anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be sports, but I love I love biographies. I think I'm always trying to figure out like what makes people great in mm. whatever walk of life you're in. So if you're an actor, if you're a painter, an artist, it's like. You know what makes people great. Now I'm fascinated by uh, David Letterman has his show on Netflix. I do watch um, that. Yep, I unbelievable. Do watch that. You know, yep. to, to hear people's stories like that, I will nerd out on that stuff. The Chappelle day. one was particularly good. Chappelle was good. You know who was? Yeah. Um, how uh, there were a couple that were big time. The one that was, and I'm not gonna say surprisingly, the one that was pretty good was Kim Kardashian. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I watched. Yeah, my wife you know, and I watched that one. Yep, yep. To, 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 to uh, you know, she actually she married my former teammate, um, Chris Humphreys. Oh, uh, yeah, right. I didn't. Yeah, okay. Uh, but but to hear, I think you know, I was like Kanye played. Where'd Kanye? Yeah, play? no, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, obviously she's extremely successful uh, in right. her family is. But I think it, it always fascinates me when she broke down kind of her story. Um, mm. And everything she has battled with from a young age, when you talk about her mom, the OJ trial, uh, being in that that limelight, dealing with it, 
Um, you know, her story just I, I did I guess I never really thought about it and processed it till I saw it and she she was like telling it and then she was yeah. telling what she's doing now with the whole social injustice uh right. and her movement with that. Um I, I think it's incredible, but I think just you know, I couldn't imagine um, you know, being in the limelight like that that they are all the time and being yeah. just picked apart. Um you know, I, like I said, that that stuff is, is fascinating to me. So I'm hoping he does more of those interviews and just brings people from different different walks of life that aren't necessarily in, in athletics or in my field, because I just think, um, you know, learning from from those people that, that have had success at a high level is is, is crazy. Absolutely. And I'm going to what you say the, the coaching show was on on Amazon Prime. What's it's, up? It's, it's all or nothing. All, all right. I'm going to check out all, all or nothing. It, it's a must watch. And like I said, um, you know, if, if you love NFL, they have that covered. Um, it's 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 great. And it, it covers the whole season. I mean, you can literally get lost um, in that thing for for days and weekends at a time. I've done it. Um, but from a coach's standpoint, it just gives you a different, you know, a different view. It gives you ideas, stuff you can use, utilize for your team. Um, stuff that that you know, I think is is great. And, and the soccer one just caught me. It was with. Um, uh, New City, I believe, in in Manchester City, and Pep is the coach. Um, and he like, yeah, no, he he's. I think the whole European thing is because it's so different to me. But yes. I think you know his personality, his energy, but just the the European concept to soccer. And I think they're ahead of the curve in a lot of stuff they do um, for us here in America. I think whether it's just branding. Um, I looked at how they have their locker room set up, how they have their entryway set up with their players, their their cafeteria, how their players eat, how they train. I think they're big into just the whole prehab versus rehab. I think they've kind of got it flipped where they'll they'll do stuff on the front end to prevent injuries, which I think are are light years ahead of us um, in a lot of aspects, so that you're not dealing with maybe ACLs or Achilles as much. Um, but but Pep just his this his mindset. I think he's a genius. Um, looking to try to you know get another book on him or something. But um, it's just really interesting how he how he does it. He's done it at a high level in, in high pressure situations. So that was that that show to me was awesome. All right, well you got me sold on that one. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into that one. Thank you very much. I appreciate you indulging my uh, my geeking out question no though. You'll uh, have to, you'll have to let me know what you think of it. Yeah, no doubt. No mm-hmm. doubt. And, and coach, you've been very generous for your time. I know you uh, you are a busy man these days. Thank you very much. We will be rooting for the Gophers and uh, appreciate you making time for us here today. No, I appreciate it anytime. And uh, it was a pleasure being on, man. All right, everybody. That is new Minnesota head coach Ben Johnson. I'm your host, Adam Finkelstein. And make sure you stay with us as we are back on schedule here at the Upside Podcast.